welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big C Show. I am your host, Cesar Lucero, and we have a great show today. This is the second episode of the Big C Show, and a good friend of mine, the professor, is going to tune in, and we're going to talk a little bit about Team England winning the World Cup of Cricket, and we're also going to get into how it's played. So you're definitely going to want to listen in, and if you want to understand the game of cricket, this is definitely a show you want to listen to. He, we go into depth of the rules and what happened this year that led England to win its first ever World Cup in the game of cricket. Now, we also had the Women's World Cup. And we're going to talk a little bit about how Team USA dominated that game. So if you're interested in both subjects, this is definitely the show for you. Here is... Without further ado, my interview with the man himself, the great professor. And we are here, joined by the professor himself. Hey. How's hey. it going, professor? How you doing? Hey, Caesar. Nice to hear from you. Everything's going really well. Uh, just finished a uh, pretty uh, interesting summer, I would say. It's definitely been an interesting summer, to say the least. I mean, in every sport. Oh, there's been some plenty of exciting things. Uh, of course, you know, coming from England, uh, we just recently had a pretty and incredible uh, World Cup cricket tournament, which I probably uh, think that most people in the U.S. probably haven't heard of. But um, throughout the rest of the world, it, it was really an incredible tournament and very successful and uh, really worth mentioning, you know, just uh, just for the uh, average uh, person who may not have heard about it. Right. Um, just some of the games, yeah, that went so, on and how successful it was. So, yeah, please explain to the, the fans, the basic fan who doesn't know how to play cricket. Um, explain kind of the basic rules of it and and how it kind of relates to baseball in a way. And uh, yeah. So yeah, go ahead, yeah, that's the, yeah. It's it really is. I mean, some of the terminology. I guess I'll use um, the baseball terminology so that we can relate over here. Um, it's not too dissimilar from from baseball. It basically right. involves a ball and uh, somebody's trying to hit the ball as far as they can and, away. And what is the ball the called? Field. Is the ball still called a ball? I mean, because it, yeah, it's it, a, it, yeah. it seems to be like. The equipment is a lot different. Uh, the pitcher, instead of being the pitcher, is called the bowler, from what I understand. Yes, we've got a few different things. We've got, you know, the pitcher would be the bowler. Uh, the batter in baseball would be called the batsman. And uh, we still have the fielders. And, of course, you'd have, um, like, a catcher, which would be called the wicketkeeper in, in England. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. The wicketkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> the okay. wicketkeeper. So, and some of the, some of the terminology, I mean, it's just kind of two, two words would stand for the same thing sometimes. So, um, so we're not going to confuse anyone. I'll just kind of go over the basic stuff. Um, the big difference is that it is, it's actually played on a circular field. That's what I understand. And, and how, how wide is the field? Can, can they, 
adjust the width or is it all the field standard width? Um, I couldn't give you the exact, I mean, it'd probably be the size of maybe, uh, like a couple of football fields, but in a circular, um, it's like a circular, um, shape. Um, that's a good question because very, very, very often you have uh, fields throughout the world that are different sizes. Um, this field, the fields in Australia are renowned for being really big. Um, so it's kind of like baseball where like, yes. You know, you got Wrigley Field that's a little bit more of a pitcher's park. And then you got um, a Boston where it's more of a hitter's park where the fields are a little bit closer. Exactly, exactly. And then, and also, you know, in different countries, like in the Caribbean, the, the, the pitches are kind of usually the fields are rather, you know, smaller. Um, the most famous field of all is or the ground of all is Lords. It's called Lords. Lords, and that's the one in England. That's like considered the home of cricket. Hello, my lord. <laughs> Hello, my lord. You know, so if you've been to Lords, and if you've actually made a hundred at Lords, you know, you're a real. It's a real, like almost like the Wimbledon of uh, of of cricket. So it's a very historical game. It's been around since the 1600s, um, 1700s. They've been playing it for a very, very long time. Wow. Um, probably. Due to colonization from England, um, you know, the British colonies kind of took it, you know, to India and to Pakistan. And, and I know that India, to... like, takes the sport really serious. Oh, incredibly, incredibly. They have some real iconic, like, Sachin Tendulkar and, uh, for example, and Senor Gavaska. I mean, if you went and mentioned those names in India, they're just, like, basically gods who have been, you know, iconic throughout their careers in India. And uh, tremendous crowd support, tremendous. Um, they even have a very popular league, which maybe some of the listeners might have heard of, called the IPL, which is called, um, okay. which stands for the Indian Premier League. Okay, so and, it's kind of like in soccer, you got your English Premier League, and in Spain, right. you got your Spanish Premier League, or, you know, in the U.S., you got the MLS and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Yeah, like that. And it's called the Indian Premier League. And the amazing thing is that it's a kind of a short season, but every every major player from every country will participate in that league. And it's a short game, 2020. We'll get into the overs a little bit later, but uh, it's a short game, very popular. And I think it's even been televised on ESPN a few times. So um, very exciting uh, game. Uh, back to some of the things we have, you know, in order to uh, score runs in cricket. Um, yeah, because that's kind of interesting. I was kind of watching yeah. a video before I ended up wanting to talk to you because I, I've always wanted to get to know the game. I've always wanted to see the game since here in South Florida, we actually have a place where a lot of the cricket teams come and play. That's that's correct. That's correct. We it's in Lauder Hill. Um, it's a, actually a stadium, and it's approved for actual international cricket. So there is a you know if anybody ever wants to travel around and go down to Lauder Hill and see one of the games, um, it's really a very you, nice ground. How often do you go? Have you ever seen your English team play there? I actually, have not seen uh, England, but it, because it's in Florida. Um, it's more affiliated with the West Indian team because they they're they're a lot closer. Okay. So they they actually play some of their game. In fact, I think this summer 
they may be playing a game against India. I have to check that, but they ha- they may be playing a, an actual 2021 day match a- against India. India there, so oh, wow. which will be really good. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's exciting. So let's let's kind of get back to how the game is played uh, since we kind of got a little bit off topic there. Uh, so uh, from what I understand, there's 24 players on each side. They have one bench player that they can substitute just in case for injury. Yes. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's two batters rather than one batter. Correct. Now, let's say one team is going to bat first. Let's just talk about the one-day game. I won't, won't touch the test match yet, but uh, the one-day game is a game that will be played, hopefully, you know, without any rain delays. Uh, in the duration of, of, of one day. So you're and, gonna get a winner in one day. And for those folks um, that don't understand, the one day games are usually only two or one two innings, right? And then the other games are four innings. Correct. So okay. in the one day game, the first team will bat. Uh, they'll have an allotted amount of time or rather pitches to hit. So okay. in other words, uh, for example, you have six pitches or six, they call it balls, uh, in, in one over. So and what does the uh, over so stand for? It just means, uh, one bowler will bowl six, six pitches. And then they call that's, that's called a one over. Okay. So, uh, and the, the, the same bowler cannot bowl consecutive overs. So one, they have to one pick bowl another will, pitcher basically. Right, another, another pitcher bowler. to bowl from the other end. So uh-huh. we're going to go from from two ends, yes. So it's kind of, um, so, I'm, I'm kind of going to bring this back a little bit because I want the uh, the fans to understand. In Little League Baseball, they kind of have the same thing where, like, the pitchers are only limited to, like, 45 pitches or maybe 65 right. pitches, and then they have to end up substituting in another pitcher. So it's kind of like the same thing but with less pitches or less bowls. Correct. So, for example, let's say you have a 50 over, which is a typical World Cup type of scenario. Let's say you have 50 overs that you can bowl, right? Right. Each, you can only use five bowlers. Or or you can use more bowlers, but each bowler is only allowed to bowl a maximum of 10 overs. So, if you wanted to bowl five, uh, if you wanted to use five bowlers, they right. could only bowl 10 overs each. So it's, it is limited to how much one bowler can bowl. Okay, so typically on one game throughout the day, how many bowls are throughout that whole game for one side? Uh, you can have like six and then type, uh, three. Well, typically it would be 300 pitches. Okay. So 300 pitches we're talking about for each team. So oh, wow, that's you a have lot. Th- it's a long game. <laughs> it does. It it is kind of a long game, but the tension, you know, the tension, the excitement does build, and that's what part of the kind of allure of the game. Um, so you'll have three hundred pitches, and and in that time, you can try. Your batsman will can try. You'll have ten batsmen that can bat. Okay. Um, if, if one is out, another will come in. You always have to have two in the middle at all times. Oh, okay. So, so basically, so when that when the eleventh batter comes up or the tenth batter, and he's uh, out, it's the other team's chance to bat. Right. You can see usually uh, if you get ten people out, and then there's eleven people on the team, but you get ten of them out. Okay. The eleventh person cannot bat by himself, so you're basically all out. You're out. You have to go in. That's it. Wow. So, um, 
that's yeah. That person is usually what we call not out, so they don't they they don't, they can't bet anymore. But they don't have a partner. So no wonder they always <laughs> have like a high scoring game. It's always like two hundred or three hundred points per each side. Yes, and uh, with the evolution of what is called the twenty twenty game, people are really starting to hit balls now. The way they score is you can uh, hit the if you hit the ball. Uh, you're the batter and you hit the ball completely out of the ground. Like there's a like boundary a run, of the field. Home run. If you hit a home run, bam, that that's called six runs. So that's six runs to your total. Oh, okay. If you hit if you hit the ball and it doesn't go on the fly like a home run, but it bounces in the field but still goes to the to the end of the you know, to the boundary. Right. Uh that's four that's four runs. So it's automatic four runs. Automatic. If it hits, if it goes past that rope, there's kind of like a rope or a boundary mark. If it goes past there, that's four runs for you. So that's another four. So in two, you know, in two pitches you, or two balls, you can get you know twelve runs or, or ten runs. You know, that's, that's so incredible. It, it, it's a lot of scores. And um, I was uh, explain to everyone how they score one run because I found this kind of interesting. So when they hit the very ball, right, the, the, the ball doesn't go out of the boundary. Explain how a player can get a run. Good question. Great question. So the bowler would be bowling. Um, the, one of the batsmen maybe hit it not too hard. Maybe he placed it in, the, in, in between a, a gap where there are no fielders, but it's not going to get to the boundary. The fielder will get it. So in the time the fielder is gathering the ball, the batsman can run to the other end, and the batsman at the other end will run to the other. So they're, they're going to cross. They're going to just run to each other's end. So they so, they are they cross back and forth then. Back and forth. So the person at the first end is going to be at the other end, and vice versa. So that once they cross once, that's one run. If they do it twice and run back again, so the original person is back where he started. That would be two runs. Okay. So running back and forth. So you don't have to hit, you know, I mean, obviously they don't hit fours and sixes all the time. They have to kind of hit the ball where the fielders are not. Don't forget it's a circle. So you do have a lot of space where you can hit it. Okay. And that's, that's really awesome. Thank that a great way to explain it. And there seems to be a lot of rules, but, um, for those of you folks that really don't understand it while we're talking about it on here, I, I suggest they go on YouTube and look up how to play cricket because it's actually a fascinating game and it's really interesting. Um, it, it really is. I agree. I, I think like a, any YouTube, you can type in, you know, cricket, uh, one day matches or and just, you know, people hitting sixes. It's very exciting. And, you know, if anybody likes home runs, you know, cricket has a lot of sixes. So you could get... You know, the ball out, you know, ball, um, you know, they've actually have a record um, years ago. I think it may have actually been broken where one person, so Gary Sober is a fantastic, famous uh, Barbade. I think it's been done again, but okay. he actually hit in. So he has six pitches, right? Right. And he hit he hit all six pitches out of the ground for six. So it was wow. a total of 36 runs in that over. Yeah. So that's the first time <laughs> Which, it's ever happened then. That was the first time it's ever. I, I think it's happened a few times after. There's so much cricket going on. 
but that was the first time it ever happened. And can you imagine just hitting like like six home runs in a row or something? Is it, it's, it's crazy just incredible. because the way the the bowlers bounce the ball, you never know mm-hmm. where the ball is going to be. And and let's let's also tell the the folks that are listening, they don't have to bounce the ball. What are the three sticks that are behind the batter? What what do they represent? That's a great question. Um, the three sticks they usually they call stumps, and they're usually about maybe two to three inches apart, uh, maybe six inches, seven inches uh, total. So the three of them is not a very wide um, gap or or, or space. Um, about three feet high, and they have two little pieces of wood on top of them okay. called the bale. So, it, so it's called a. It's basically called the wicket. There's the wicket. three stumps. Okay. So, just like the home plate in baseball, when the batter is batting, uh, kind of protects that home plate. He doesn't want the ball to go over that home plate, otherwise he gets a strike. Right. In cricket, you have to protect those stumps because if you miss the ball completely and the ball hits the any part of those stumps and, and knocks it over, then that's an automatic out. You know, so you have to kind of protect that. It's starting to make sense. Now I get why they call it the wicket keeper. Yeah, that's the wicket because he's actually keep, the three actually are called the wicket and the, the pitch is sometimes called the wicket too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, you know, you know, they have a lot of terminology, um, I'm sure some of the listeners would would like to just, would would enjoy some of it. I, I really do. I think it's some it's some interesting stuff. I mean, also if if somebody if a, if a, uh, a player let's say they're going for a quick run or something, right? And as the as one person is running to the other end, there's a line he has to get to uh, for his like to be in, just like getting to a base, right? Right. Um, and if that if the fielder throws the ball and it hits the wicket before he gets to that line, then, then he's, he, out. he's out. Yeah, he's okay. like he's he's out at first base, something like that. Yeah. Wow. So so, so you basically got to have uh, some athletic players on the team, both hitters and pitchers as well. Very much so. Very much so. You and also fielders. What they call fielders, where you actually. You know, uh, you know, running to stop that ball, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting because the fielders have no gloves, and that ball looks really hard, and <laughs> it looks incredibly me, I know. <laughs> hard to catch the ball. So, tell us a little bit. I mean, tell us a little bit of how it, it feels to catch that ball. Uh, I can definitely do that in my high school days, and in my, you know, I played. Not professional or anything. Oh, but come I just on, played professor. Like, you, you, know, like, you were probably well, the best player on the team. <laughs> definitely in high school and definitely, you know, when I moved to America, we had a few, you know, like amateur leagues that we played in. Um, the ball is very hard. It's made out of wood and leather. Okay. And it's wrapped around. It has something called a seam on it. It's usually red and it's pretty hard. Um, and, you know, if, if the ball is hit, Way up in the air, like like a like a foul, you know, like a fly fly okay. ball. Yeah, and that thing goes way up in the air, and you're the fielder, unfortunately, and you're not the wicketkeeper. The wicketkeeper can have gloves, but if you're an outfielder and you have to, you just have to try to catch it with your bare hands, and it is not fun. <laughs> and I've so, seen some pretty incredible catches, uh, just looking through some YouTube videos online. 
and it, yeah. it's pretty yeah. amazing how these these players catch it like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. Every like one handed, like diving to to your left, and like just balls going so fast, and you're just diving, and you reach out and you catch. I mean, I've seen some amazing catches. I mean, you have to be athletic, really, and very brave as well. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, um, that's all part of the fun of the game, and um, something different, you know. That's that's really cool. So uh, now that we kind of know the basics of the game and how it's played. Tell everyone what was so exciting about this England World Cup or the World Cup of Cricket, excuse me. Well, that's, again, that goes back. Now, the World Cup of Cricket is somewhat like the World Cup of Soccer. Um, it, is, it doesn't go back as far. It started actually in 1975. The first World Cup was played in England. I remember watching that as a... I'm going to say young lad. <laughs> we, we won't but, ask um, you how old you are, so don't worry about that. <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely remember watching the first one and the first time they ever had it. And it was a compilation of maybe eight countries at that time. And it, uh, obviously it's grown since then. Um, and ever since then, um, they've, they've had the tournament uh, every four years. Okay. Um, uh, it's been in England for, for the first few years, and then it moved, it goes... To all the you know different you know India, it's been in Sri Lanka, it's been in Australia, it's been in New Zealand. Uh, correct me, I'm, I may be wrong on some of these, but it's been um, and it's been in England a few times. And um, just like in soccer, well, England have actually won the World Cup in soccer, but England have never won the World Cup in cricket. Okay. So this 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 last year, we had two teams in the finals who were first time, not in the final, but the, the, they were looking for their first ever World Cup championship, England and New Zealand. Wow. And probably two of the two of the best teams. So that must have been and exciting to, for a lot of the people that wanted to see somebody new. Yeah. It, because usually Australia dominated. I'm pretty sure they've won it the most times. Um, the West Indies won it a few times at the beginning. Um, but this game... I mean, to say that it was exciting was, would be like the biggest understatement. I just can't, I'll try to explain how exciting it was with the, with the overs of the cricket, which would, which would have been 50 overs. So you have 300 pitches. Okay. Um, England, in, uh, New Zealand and New Zealand, I think scored 241 and England scored exactly the same amount. I think it was 241. So, and again, I might mean, be wrong on the number there. Does that mean they went into extra innings? <laughs> yes. It was, and the excitement was so incredible because that very, very, very seldom happens in cricket. Usually one team will win it by a few runs. It'll be close. One team will get there. But when you have a tie, basically, And the fact cricket, that both teams haven't won it, I can just imagine the tension that both teams had playing that game. Caesar, it was, I mean, I'm watching it on TV and the, the excitement, like you couldn't even move. It was so exciting. Um, so what happened, it ended up in a tie. So they ended up having to play what is called a super over. That's one over each. So six, six balls each. Okay. And 
<laughs> and believe it or not, after six balls, they, they were still tied. No. So, yes, they were still tied. They had 15 and, uh, 15, and 15. Um, now, there was a bit of controversy at the end there because the reason uh, one of the rules was that if that happened, the team with the most sixes or boundaries during the game, would that would be like a tiebreaker and that would be the winner. So and, then, um, fortunate, yeah. So then, who so, ended up winning the game? So, because England had, <laughs> I'm glad, because England had the most boundaries during the game, they were able to win because it was a tie again. So, so they didn't um, keep playing? They, nope, didn't keep playing. There was just, the, no. And that was a good, that's a good question. That's a great question. Like, why not keep playing? I, I thought maybe a, play another over, you know? Yeah, maybe but, a, a, uh, give them three bowlers each, you know? A, a limit the bowls. And it, because to me, it, it that's just going to solve the controversy in itself. Yeah, and there was there was some controversy there. I mean, although that, that, that was predetermined before the game, um, a lot of people say, I, I totally agree with you, like they, it should have been, you know, either, you know, one, a couple more, an overreach or three bolt, some, you know, something else is just kind of break the tie. Um, I mean, because look, could you imagine the Super Bowl? Both teams are tied. It's overtime. But they give the winning team because they had more completions than the other team. Right. Something like that. that and that's what it was. And, and that, that was kind of just like the, the controversy at the end of the game. Um, so that's where that's where it ended. Um, it. But with all that said, just just for it to go that far and just for it to be, you know, that exciting, um, you know, it was just an incredible advertisement for cricket. Uh, seen, you know, probably like a lot of, I don't know how many people saw that game, but I mean, it was shown worldwide. Um, United States, we had it too. So, um, oh, by the way, if anybody does want to grab some cricket, they do have a channel on um, on your Roku box that you could probably get it. You probably get more details. I don't know if we're allowed to mention that or not, but um, <laughs> this yeah. generation, I think people can do whatever they want with their, yeah. their channels and TVs and stuff. So yeah, if if you do have a Roku box, you can you can jump on Sling uh, TV, okay. and they have a re really cool package called Willow Cricket. I think it's like ten bucks or five five to ten bucks a month. Okay. And you can keep it for a couple, and you can. And it shows a lot of cricket if you just want to, you know, check it out. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of um, surprised that the U.S. doesn't even have a cricket team. I think they do. I think they do. I think U.S. and Canada do have teams. Okay. Um, it's quite. It's quite. I, I'm not sure if they're in that. It, they have different divisions, so I'm not sure if they're in the, like in a division where they can actually qualify for the World Cup. But the way you know, cricket seems to be growing in America. Uh, not obviously as fast as, uh, you know, soccer, but um, there is uh, quite a lot of popularity, especially in the Northeast, down in, uh, down here, with, you know, with the large Caribbean communities. And, you know, um, so it is growing. It is a kind of, it's kind of a cool sport. Um, and I really thank you for letting me talk about it because it was, it was, no, that was, I, it was I, so I, exciting. I find this very fascinating, you know, because uh, several years that we've known each other now for, and mm -hmm. every every summer you're like, oh, I'm watching the cricket, you know, I'm watching <laughs> yeah, England yeah, play. Yeah. And um, just real quick for the the cricket World Cup, how many years is it? Every four years, like in soccer, or is it just every every year? four years? Yeah, it's okay. every four years. It's 
yeah, it's going to be, I'm not sure where it's going to be the next time, but definitely every four years. Um, so it's, but it's not like an odd year. So what is it? 2019? Yeah. 2023 will be the next one. Okay. So it, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be on again. And who knows? I mean, I know Canada has an interest. I know Canada try to qualify. And who knows? America might be in it soon. That would be fantastic. That would be pretty exciting. Um, and it'll kind of lead up to my my next question, kind of uh, talking a little bit about soccer, because you do know a lot about soccer and you're big. Uh, you kind of know about the Premier League. And let's kind of talk a little bit about this summer. How about USA? How about the women's soccer team? How exciting what was can it? you say? How how exciting was it yeah. watching the females play rather than watching the 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 men play? To me, I find it more exciting watching them play than I do the men. I could not agree with you more. Now I don't know how many of our listeners will agree with that. Um right. but I absolutely agree. I think both both games have their, you know, their pluses and minuses. But I find, generally speaking, when I'm watching, a, like, especially this past World Cup, uh, just the, the way, that, just the mindset of the women's game, just their approach to the game, just their attacking strategies, just the way that they, they, they see, even if they're up to nothing, they seem to be, you know, attacking and seem to be one that score more goals and, and play what, good soccer. And what's so interesting is my mom, who's not a soccer fan, she's not a sports fan in itself, sat mm. down on the couch. She couldn't move. And she's like, wow, this is more exciting than watching the men's soccer. And I think, it, another, it, and I yeah. think another reason for it is because maybe the men flop way too much, more than the women? Well, definitely that is a problem in the men's game. I think I, I'm not sure who, who, how many people would disagree with that. Maybe a few, but and you would think it would be it, the it, opposite, right? I mean, you would think it, it would be the opposite. And and the problem is, is that it's so unnecessary to flop like that. Um, it detracts from the game, really, because I think people are just kind of fed up of seeing that. And I think and that's you don't why, really need to do it. And I think that's why most Americans here don't really watch soccer as much because of the mm-hmm. flopping, and it's not. I mean, granted, it is a pretty uh, fast-paced game, and it's a really hard game to play. But when you're mm-hmm. watching it, and you just keep seeing all these flops and all these players just falling for the littlest touches, it's like it—it's it, kind of a turnoff. I, I agree. I agree, and it's unfortunately, it seems to be in—it's in all facets of the game. So if you look at the World Cup, it's definitely in the last year's World Cup was was like that too. Um, Premier League has it. Uh, most of the leagues around the world, you know, usually have that. Um, they really need to sit down, uh, UEFA, you know, uh, FIFA, who, you know, just kind of just say, look, you know, it, it, you, we're hurting ourselves by doing this. We're hurting ourselves because we don't need to do it. Um, of, of course, if you get hit hard and you're injured, fine, if it's, if it's genuine, okay. But, but do you think um, that, it's just detracting. Do you think that the reps might have a, a way of solving this issue, maybe giving more yellows and, and, and for flopping? Could could that be a thing that they could do? It, it definitely, definitely. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 my pet peeve is, is also the flopping 
And also, um, I just changed the subject a little bit, but my pet peeve is, is a professional foul where the per- where the person maybe is broken away and the defender can't get him and he'll trip him up on purpose. To me, as you're talking about cards, to me, if a professional foul, we used to call it back in England, right? Uh, that should be an automatic red. Like okay. if you do, if you do that, that's like red. Don't even argue. You tripped him up. He, he was way ahead of you. You tripped him and you stopped. That's a red. So right. the flopping, if now that they have the VAR technology, if it's seen that, you know, nobody touched this guy and he's, he's, he's flopping over and he's, he's dying basically. And he goes to the floor <laughs> and he, it was, you know, <laughs> it's no so contact. hilarious eh? because sometimes it's like they lost a limb or something. And, and, and you right, look at the right. replay and it's like the guy barely even touched him. <laughs> it didn't even touch him. And, and I totally, I think you're a hundred percent correct. And I, I really hope that they, they do it. I really think, you know, give him, give, you know, have the VAR, give him the red, give him the yellow. And if it's really, 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 you know, obvious, then why not a red? Why not a red? You need to stamp it out of the game. And I think that, you know, a team down to 10 men, um, they, they, they would start, stop doing, you know, they would stop doing that pretty soon. So I, I think you made a great point there. I think the referees have to take control of that and they have to come to, because again, it, it, it is very off putting uh, and it, and it is a beautiful game. So you want to keep it beautiful and you want to keep it, you know, more like the women's game. But anyway, back to the women, <laughs> we seem to get off track pretty, but pretty good there. Steve. It's all right. Let, we can always go back to the women. <laughs> um, yeah. The, yeah. Um, no, it was a USA. great. It was a great World Cup, and I was happy what they a, they won the game, and they, they just dominated most of the teams. and And to me, I thought maybe France would be one of the teams that give them a run for their money. And it was a pretty close match that game. Yes, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I thought the United States played absolutely. There were there was. Spots here and there where they weren't perfect, but who is? But I think generally speaking, in most of those games, they were so far away, a, a head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, and, I, 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 you know, they weren't even challenged. Let's give the coach some credit. A lot of people mm-hmm. were criticizing her before the World Cup even started, saying that there's some decisions that she's making that doesn't make sense. Uh, Megan Rapino not playing against France, I believe, or or was it the game after yes. that? Um, it, it ended up that Megan Rapino ended up having a hamstring injury, but uh, Chris Kristen Press isn't not bad herself either. So you know you they know, had so much the, depth, I, and and they yeah. they they gave too much criticism to the coach. And I was giving her credit. I, I thought she did an outstanding job of handling the whole situation, handling the media talk, and handling the of having too many players in one position. Uh, she did a great job and, and, and allowed the players to play the game and allowed them to be themselves. And when she needed to make a change, she did it, and she didn't care what the hell anybody else thought. And she handled, and I, I agree with you perfectly there because, you know, Megan Rapino, I think it was the England game actually. Um, I think okay. yeah, you're she right. was injured. I think she was injured, 
Now, if you have your, your, you know, your potentially your best player who has a slight injury, you have the luxury of having an amazing team. And if you can, was it Kristen Press? If you can bring a Kristen Press or even a Carly Lloyd off the bench. Um, that's I amazing. Mean, they were just stacked. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, to have quality players, world-class, you know, iconic players to come off the bench like that. And Kristen Press scored a gorgeous goal against England. So, um, you and know. to me, the yeah. best game, not to get off of the, the subject again, but the best game to me was England against the U.S. Because how many times did England have an opportunity to win that game? And they had a penalty kick. It, and it, she, how do you miss a penalty it, it it was a really good game. I th- not because you know um, I, I'm torn there because of, of course I'm from England, but the the quality of that game, Caesar, the quality of that game. I think I don't think I don't think any even the final against the Netherlands it, it was nowhere near that quality. It, no, it, it I, just was really well played, you know, by both teams. Um, and and I thought that England dominated that game. To be honest with you, that. They just couldn't capitalize on their chances. They couldn't capitalize. And, and the USA did a beautiful job in putting away their chances. The two goals were absolutely brilliant. It I was. mean, uh, from, at least yeah, one of they them. Because so I believe the second goal was a penalty, right? Uh, I think Morgan, didn't Morgan score one? I believe the header. So. Uh, the, I think Kristen scored a header, and I think Morgan scored a header. Um, yeah, I think I think that the USA again. England did have a lot of the play. They did have a lot of the play, and Ellen White, you know, played great for England. Uh, she she was very unlucky with that little offside. There was definitely offside. She was like half an inch offside, but you know that's the way it goes. And um, they did have a penalty that they couldn't convert. And you got to give the goalkeeper a lot of credit for, for, for keeping a nerve and saving that penalty. You know, that was great. So, um, but overall, you know, the USA were amazing. And, 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 and the, the Netherlands game, they just completely dominated them. I mean, they just completely were just, and what can you say? That team, how long can they come back? I mean, will they be back again next year? I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. And, um, oh, not, I, not, not next year, four years. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> No, for sure. And uh, anyways, wow, great stuff, George, uh, Professor. And I really, uh, really appreciate all your knowledge and and letting us know of how to play cricket and and how you enjoy your summer. We definitely want you back and come back next time. And we'll talk a little bit about the Premier League and see what you think of the season is. Yeah, we got the Premier League. I don't know how much time we have actually left. If we have a minute, I don't know. Um, the Premier League is going to be fascinating. You got obviously going to have Manchester City, who's going to be like really clear favourites, um, and then you're going to get your surprise teams. I'm hoping for you that Leicester will be a surprise team, Caesar. Uh, honestly, um, I think their, their their offense, from what I'm hearing and reading, it's going to be more up tempo, more attacking possession attacking. of the ball. Yeah. And yeah. and that's something that they didn't really have. They they would always go for the big play. And now it's going to be key whether they keep Harry Maguire because of the offense that they're running. Mm-hmm. You have to have really good defenders. Because if, Absolutely. if, if, if Absolutely. you don't have a good defender back there, 
the counterattacks are very, very pronable to this offense that they're going to be running. So I'm right, excited. Exactly. You should be excited about Manchester United. Manchester United's got a new coach, um, new manager. So let's let's see what happens and uh, let's see uh, who who comes up on top in the next couple of weeks. And don't forget, you got those promoted teams like Norwich City and Aston Villa, who are very famous teams as well. That'll that'll watch out for teams like Aston Villa and Norwich who. Won't win the Premier League, but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll cause a few surprises this year. <laughs> and awesome. then, of course, we'll keep an eye on the Champions League too. Perfect. All right, Professor. Thank you again. And um, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank no, you. No, definitely. It's and wonderful we'll, talking to you, man. We'll definitely talk to you next time. All right. Okay. You take care. You too. Bye. That was George, the professor, doing a great job of his uh, explanation of how to play cricket. We thank him for being on the show, and we'll definitely have him on again to talk a little bit of soccer for those of you that are fans of the Premier League or maybe even the Spanish League. And also, down here in Miami, we're actually going to get a team next year. So by next year, the MLS will add another team, and that'll be Miami's team, and they're actually finishing up their practice stadium or their temporary stadium here in Port Lauderdale and Lockhart Stadium. So that'll be exciting. So I hope you guys liked the show. I hope you liked our discussion on this year's Cricket World Cup, this year's Women's World Cup. Uh, And stay tuned for our next show. I have the Zen Master himself. And he's going to explain to us on who to pick up and maybe some key players on your fantasy football. So our next show is definitely going to be fun and exciting. And uh, definitely stay in, stay tuned and keep an eye out for the next show as uh, the Zen Master comes to us with some knowledge. And you definitely don't want to miss that, especially if you haven't drafted yet. There might be some good players in the late rounds you can get. That is all for today on the Big C Show. Till next time, I'm Cesar Lucero. Good night, everyone.